Takeout is cool, but delivery gets pricey. So, like a phoenix from the ashes, indoor dining is back at Forge Eatery. I use the analogy because the food is fire. It's a new approach to farm the table. No overalls, just dope food. Try my favorites, like the mushroom stew with pine nuts and ricotta, the cornmeal fried happy oysters, and the seared duck breast. Also, ask about the chocolate chip cookie tins. Mini chocolate chip cookies with a dusting of sea salt. Simply delicious. Head on over to ForgedEatery.com to check out the current menu options and make a reservation today. Forged is located at 3520 Chestnut Avenue in Hamden. Hey, kittens. I'm Rob Lee, and this is Getting to the Truth in This Art. Getting to the Truth in This Art is an interview series where I interview artists, entrepreneurs, and tastemakers contributing to the culture here in Baltimore. Oftentimes, you'll hear about the negatives, such as poor education, corruption, and violent crime. We're always in the news for that. Or we'll get the goofy questions like, is Baltimore really like The Wire? Is Baltimore really dangerous? Why was a television series and Baltimore is no more dangerous than New York, New Orleans, or Philadelphia? Baltimore is cultured, creative, and vibrant. So I want to get to the truth about what's really going on in Baltimore. So check me out every week for interviews with the hottest artists, entrepreneurs, and tastemakers, and really get down into the real about what's going on in Baltimore. Nothing contrived, all authentic, all Baltimore. So check us out on every podcast platform. Subscribe today. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is an artist, illustrator, and information designer specializing in portraiture, urban landscapes, and public health data visualization. We have Nikita Yogaraj. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rob. I think I was, I think I was pretty good there. And public health, I read that and I was like, oh, uh. so yeah. yeah. So th- those are multiple things coming together, what have you. And we had a little bit of a, uh, I think a little bit of a back and forth about this kind of outsider artist vibe thing. So let's mm-hmm. let's talk about your work a little bit. Describe your work. Let's let's just go into a high high level because I, well, your level, but I gave a really high level POV on it. So get into it from your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So I would I would call myself an emerging artist. Um, I'm not really affiliated with any institution. Um, and I'm mostly self-taught. I didn't really take art classes past high school. So I'm still trying to explore that. Uh, and my background is in public health. So, um, you know, coming from a research staff into wanting to do more work in um, in communicating public health data through visualization. Um, because I did some design work with my former position as a research staff member, but, you know, wanting to really dedicate a lot more time to that and bring this design element into it more um, because wanting to make information more accessible, especially in the in the context of this pandemic. Um, and in terms of my illustrations and artwork, um, you know, I identify as a Indian American woman who is the daughter of immigrants. And, you know, I have several different themes, but really trying to explore immigrant identity is one of my my key ones. That's, that's good. And I think that's that's important in this this weird kind of uh, period where people are realizing that, oh, there are other people here. Other people have stories and other people are people. I think that it's important to just have it, just have it there. And I try to do that in this podcast. It's like pretty much anybody should be able to pop up on this podcast and speak their truth. That's what I aim to accomplish and just kind of picking out some of the guests and sliding into different folks' DMs and not getting getting caught off because I get really nervous when I slide into someone's DMs. It's like, how is this going to be received? <laughs> hey, you want to be on a podcast? 
Yeah, totally. And I hope most people were flattered and because I really appreciate what you're doing and admire it. Well, thank you. So in in some in, in the creative stuff, as you, you're saying that you're an emerging artist, so I'm kind of getting you early, early in the game or earlier in the game. So, you know, I've talked to some people who are jaded and it's like the whole process sucks, but I get it done um, for you. Mm-hmm. What is more challenging, starting a project or finishing a project? Finishing, definitely. I think when you're starting, especially when you're as um, maybe you could say as scattered as I am, you probably have a million ideas um, and they're going to bother you until you start them. But once you start them, like you've started them and then you kind of like lose the energy or the motivation. And so that's really the most difficult part is like seeing it through, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when there's no external motivation for it and it has to come from within. Um, but I'm finding that getting, finding like an external reason to, to finish it is what kind of keeps me going. Yeah. I kind of put these like little weird deadlines in place. Like, um, mm-hmm. before we got on, I was, I went live briefly cause I'm managing three different podcasts and wow. I'm, I'm really behind. I've been podcasting for 12 years. I'm pretty an old person in it, but I realized that person. what'd you say? Or a seasoned person. Yes, I'm very seasoned. Uh, just, you know, a little bit of that all over me. Uh, and I rec- recognize that I'm behind on, on one of the shows. And I was like, all right, I need to really look back at these deadlines and figure out. Because ultimately, to me, that's the that's the project. It's like I have, mm-hmm. let's say, 30 different episodes of 30 movies that I'm going to review. And mm-hmm. I got to do the oral history research, all of this different stuff. I was like, each one of these are different pieces of this overall deliverable and I see where I'm kind of falling behind. So it's like, all right, you need to kind of adjust and reallocate that effort towards that. If you, if you want to get it done, and if that's the goal, then hold yourself accountable for it and then put your time towards it. So yeah. I, I want to finish it. I, I want to finish it. Cause I like watching these movies and I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, yeah. So <sighs> creativity you know, in, in a very broad sense, uh, do you think it's something someone is born with or something that is developed over, over time? Um, I think it can be both. I think that you can't just have one. Okay. I think that it needs to be something that should be nurtured and encouraged. Um, I think especially when you're young, I, I read about how, you know, kids are naturally very creative. And then as they get older, oftentimes it's sort of kind of narrowed down or kind of put into a box. Um, and you know, uh, from personal experience, I actually grew up with parents who, you know, wanted the best for me. They wanted me to have um, a stable life and they worked hard for that. And so my dad was very much like, um, you know, you can't, you can do art, but you can't do it as a job. Like it's not a real job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of like, which probably is one of the things that sort of drove me to public health first and then kind of like trying to do this um, second or kind of evolving into that. Um, so I think that nurture is important, probably more important than, than, what might you might think to be nature yeah i think i think for for me i kind of ran into a a thing when i was younger because you're the first person that's answered it that way by the way and it's it's many times if i've asked it's like you gotta have it you gotta be born with it i was like all right i guess and it it, i i agree with you i think it's both um like i i used to sketch and draw and all of this stuff and i remember for Mm -hmm. 
years, uh, my relatives would, oh, get them art supplies. Here's color pencils and here's like drawing manuals and things mm-hmm. like that. And at the time, I was like, I'm going to be a comic book artist and an astronaut mm-hmm. because I was a child. And that didn't really make sense. But it was always that early on, I knew I wanted I knew this was something that I liked. And it's as I've gotten older, it's like, how can I create something? How can I do something that I think is representative of me in a creative kind of space? Yeah. And I think that, I think it's totally true that you can be born with talent, but just because you're born with a certain type of skill, that's not the only thing that makes up creativity. And it's something that can be suppressed or nurtured in different ways. And, you know, creativity is made up of many different things. Um, You know, you can be creative in different fields too. So I, I, you know, I stand by what I said. (laughs) Well, you're right. I mean, I'll say it for you where you're right. (laughs) Um, Cool. Hearing about, um, do you feel like you are doing a little bit more of that now um, outside of podcasting or is podcasting your kind of creative medium? Apologies for the ambulance in the background. Oh, no, no. Well, ambulances are always in the background. Um, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think like I, I've been this, I was this person and where I won't reveal this because the songs don't exist. That's I'm, okay. I'm telling you the songs don't exist. Uh, but back in high school, I, I was writing poetry, short stories, rapping, the whole gamut or what have you. Because mm-hmm. ironically, at the same school, when I was younger, I was there for a program with like the School of the Arts or something. And mm-hmm. they basically rejected my artwork and were kind of mean about it. And I was like, oh, you guys Ooh. are jerks. So I just abandoned it mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Where? And, um, cause you know, at, at 12 or 13, you don't need to hear that. So I always knew that I wanted to create something. So I kind of just shifted and shifted and found what worked. And this has worked for the longest time now in it, as I've gotten into a more of a improvisational kind of space where for me, mm-hmm. I feel like that's close to mastery of what you're attempting to do when you can improv off of it then I was just like, you know what? This would be a goofy idea. Let me try to dip back into doing comics, but doing it in this way. So I've been writing comics and I hired an artist. So I've written 10 issues of a comic about cat lawyers because it's ridiculous. And so that's my way of, from just podcasting and kind of cultivating this sense of humor and a sense of irreverence, being Mm -hmm. able to lead that into something that I abandoned so many years ago. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. Uh, at what point in your life did you realize you had some creative talent? Like that's, that's kind of this early, early questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been drawing since before I can remember. Um, it's always been a part of my life. Um, yeah. And so I always found ways to try and incorporate into what I was doing. Like I, in middle school, I absolutely, like I took the routine, like, you know, in order to take an art class, you had to take the, there was like a combo class you had to take before as a prerequisite Mm -hmm. drama and art and something else and there's music or something and I'm just like I will deal with this other stuff so that I can do the art part and then continue doing you know I took art classes all the way through um high school so um yeah it's always been a part of my life and I think the challenge has just been like you know when you have a day job or when you have a the field whatever field you're in having time and the combination of like time and energy and creativity to kind of make it happen for yourself um But I realized that, like, you know, whenever I think back at the end of every year, like, what did I do in this year that made me feel like it was worth it? Um, I was just like, it really only is the things that I created, you know, like the the drawings that I made or the writing that I did um, in whatever capacity. So I was like, OK, I, I need to prioritize this. Yeah. Um, 
I, uh, I had this this conversation with my partner regularly who, you know, I was remiss and I, I, I did not acknowledge her. She, she's written three of the issues of the comic and I've written other seven, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely much of a collaborator. It's like any idea I have, I bounce it off of her and mm-hmm. she's a writer by trade. And but she also has a data job and she's just like, I need to find a way to balance these things because one is paying me this lifestyle and being able to afford ridiculous um, typewriters because, you know, writers and, uh, and things like that. And I arrived at that space at a long, long, long time ago. Like, mm. I want to say maybe when I started this podcast, I knew that the day job was the mechanism to fund this creative stuff. It was my way of getting out my dreams. And Every now and again, I try to marry the two, like getting paid the podcast. And at one point there was, <laughs> there was this real sellout moment that I had with Hopkins. And interestingly okay. enough, where um, Project Muse had somebody and they had some podcast thing there. And I went there with all of my skills and my marketing background, all these requirements for the job, shaved, cleaned myself up, went in there and didn't get the job for whatever reason. I felt like a complete sellout and yeah. I was like thinking, I was like, maybe this is the universe or something telling me like, maybe these, 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 this peanut butter and this chocolate shouldn't be together. Maybe they should be two separate entities and one funds the other. And since, since then I've been very protective of keeping that line there and making sure it's not a dotted line or a legitimate line. So, yeah. And I think, sorry, um, I think that's something that I'm still learning. And I think I have to go through this, you know, as you said, you, you need to kind of experience the moment where the universe tells you like whether or not this is a good idea. Um, and I'm, I'm still sort of getting there, but I, I, I think that I'm actually getting there. We're like seeing like, okay, now that I have trying to throw myself into this full time, is it really what I want? Do I actually, you know, what do I want as my day job or like, what is my, you know, the thing to pursue as stable income to fund whatever it is that you want in your life. But then how can you, you know, do you want that to be the, the thing that you're trying to use as your creative profession too, or should they be separate? Um, and I'm, I'm learning a lot along the way and talking to, to people as well. Is it, Yeah. It's, it's getting those lessons. Um, I think I had a conversation with someone recently because as this podcast has grown, more attention has been there and there has been opportunities mm-hmm. for sponsors and just different things. And I, even with the money from the day job being a lot more than uh, whatever sponsorships or grants or whatever that I'm getting for doing this, um, I feel more satisfied with the money that I'm getting to do this, regardless of how much it is, because it feels like I really set that in the most creative control sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. It's all from you. Yeah. I make my reality. Uh, (laughs) So how do you overcome some, some of the challenges of, of being an artist? You, you touched on kind of that balance thing or what have you. And I think that that's a common one, but what are some of the challenges you, you face and how do you overcome them? Some of the challenges that I'm currently facing in, as an artist, um, I think as an emerging artist, um, I think I'm going through a phase that probably a lot of artists go through. And I think I'm sort of flailing a little bit on my own or it feels that way. I think just because I don't have a specific, I, you know, I didn't go through an institution in terms of getting an MFA or an arts degree and kind of something to kind of structure my thinking around how I should approach this. But, you know, my biggest challenge is like finding my niche. Um, I, as I guess, like a multidisciplinary person, I, I don't want to scrap any of the ideas that I have, no matter how different they are. 
or, you know, kind of not willing yet to kind of pick one theme of subject or medium and stick with it. Um, but also knowing that that is something that is expected of me um, in order to, to, to go from emerging to established, I think, in the long term. Um, yeah, so, but I think, th I think that's where getting, not having your creativity be your primary profession can come into it in terms of like, you can be, you can do whatever you want creatively. It doesn't have to be, to stick to something. I think if it's not something that you're trying to, re to rely on for um, a stable income. I, I, I know that I really admire, just because I think of the, the, maybe the work that's associated with it and it's like, yeah, you're living it. When someone has more than one thing, like when someone's a multi-instrumentalist or someone's like, yeah, I rap, but also I do real, I actually do clothes or I'm actually a painter, I'm an accomplished painter. And, and it's like, yo, you got multiple things. Like, I, how do you find the time? I admire it from that standpoint. Tell me about your process. I want to steal it. And, you know, <laughs> I look at it from, from that perspective. So I think sometimes like, finding that niche is important, but I think that's for other people to do. I think you just create. And I, I think that's, I think that's what you'll find. Yeah, right. no, that's, that's true. And I, when I see people like that, when we're doing multiple things in that way, and I'm like, wow, you're really living life to the fullest. And I think at the end of the day, that, that is something a lot of people want is like, how do I feel like my worth, my life was, you know, worth it when I'm old and kind of looking back on it. So, Let's talk, let's talk about influences a little bit, but I'm going to frame this in a weird way. Okay. Because uh, most Love of the it. things I say are weird, by the way. Um, I, I, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I kind of got this, this, this question from speaking to someone who's a jazz musician, and he made the point. He's a saxophonist by trade, and he made the point. He's like, oh, I'm not only inspired by other saxophonists, and I'm not only inspired by other people who are in my particular medium. So... And in, in, in that like spirit, who are some of you or what are some of your influences that are outside of your creative mediums? Uh, influences for my art or? Yes, sure. Okay. So um, in terms of what influences my creativity, I, I guess I've always been a big reader. Um, I grew up reading, reading a lot, lots and lots of fiction. Um, and at times it was this kind of thing that kind of kept me sane, um, especially when I was um, living with my parents sort of separately. Um, and it's something that definitely, um, you know, when you feel like you're, you're kind of in your head too much or you haven't gotten out of the house, um, reading for me helps kind of get out of that mindset and kind of introduces new ideas. It kind of, it can help you, for me at least, bring up memories from my life that I would have maybe not thought about for a long time or, you know, didn't even know that I um, had forgotten from years ago and kind of, so it just kind of introduces new things into your headspace that then can influence um, the ideas that you have creatively. Um, so I, I would say like reading and um, definitely taking a walk outside and, and music. And also I'm just a huge article reader. Um, so I think all those things together kind of mix up in there and, kind of some ideas emerge from that. Okay. So you, you know, you've laid a trap for yourself. Now I have to ask you specifics on that. What's the, what's a book that comes to mind in terms of that fiction and what's the last song that you've listened to? Hmm. So, um, you might have seen this if I didn't post about it a million times already, but I, I have a specific art series. that's just like 
um, women of color who are creatives um, and off like the ones that I've highlighted the most for myself are um, fiction writers who are books, their books I read frequently. So one of my favorite authors is Arundhati Roy, who also does a lot of nonfiction. And I've literally just like, you know, tried to honor them by painting their, you know, drawing their portraits. Um, and that's sort of me often an intersection of, of art and, and writing. Um, so that's, that's an example. Um, in terms of songs I'm listening to lately, um, I'm kind of one of those people that kind of listens to one artists like obsessively for six months and then um, moves on to something else, you know, kind of internalize that person. Um, one I've been, one person I've been listening to for a long time is Anik Khan. Um, and his, a, a favorite song from him is kind of changes in the season. But let's just say if I was to try and plug one song that you listen to, it should be Tangerine. Okay. By Anik Khan. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to put it on a Spotify. Yeah. I'm going to check it out and yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk further about that. So ultimately um, I have a have few more questions. And it's one that's the, 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 the it's, it's the, the headache question. I like to call it. It's the question that's okay. had people run away. It's a very Baltimore oriented question. Okay. Uh, so what do you enjoy doing when you're, you're not working? I would imagine it's in that, that reading space is maybe in the, the fiction or being in nature, taking that walk. Uh, what are some of the things you like to do outside of your creative stuff and outside of the day job, obviously? Um, but I, I love coffee shops. I mean, I can't go to them as much in Baltimore given the pandemic, but I love all the small businesses in Baltimore and like following them and just being out and just like feeling part of the community by going to them. So maybe th that's probably what I, that's what I do in my spare time is like go out and like eat bramble bakes and go out and get coffee. Not so much anymore. Um, but yeah, that's what I do in my spare time, I guess. It's, it's funny you'd say that. Um, I had Allie on from Bramble Bakes recently and uh, oh, yeah. she's doing a custom birthday pie for my partner because uh, she does not like cake. So we're doing something special for her. <laughs> it's going to be a pie. And uh, so, yeah, Bramble Bakes, that interview was really cool. And it was good to learn more about that business. So, so how do you take your coffee? Uh, cappuccinos, always. I, okay. I judge a place by their cappuccinos. I always get the cappuccino. See, me and you are on the same page. You, we're a rock here because I've had some interesting, I've had bad cappuccinos this week. And mm. I, they were all from day. the same place. Oh, no. But just different baristas. And the one that gets it right every time was there today. And I was like, okay, I'm ending my week off right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say what your bad place was. I, I, I also feel bad that I've only name dropped one business. So I don't want to be biased. I love bird in hand. I love red Emma's <laughs> tango. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, just get them all. Just like here, yeah. here's four of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure a hot one is there for me. Let's go. Yeah. yeah I like the, the nice cold bird too with, I go to sophomore, you know, also they've been on sophomore. the bottom. Sophomore is yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, I, I go there. It was a ritual every Sunday morning. I go there, depending on, regardless of how cold it is, they make fun of me every time. It's like, I will take an iced coffee with cinnamon and simple syrup, extra cinnamon. Yeah, no, you have your ritual, you know, so. All the time. Yeah. Freezing. Um, so how, how important is it for you? Because I, I hear a lot about the 
artistic community um, in and around Baltimore, how important is it for you or maybe even the people that you, you've talked to, like the, these conversations, maybe how's important, how important is it to be around other artists and other creatives to kind of stimulate that, that fellowship in that community? How important is it for you? I think it is really important. Um, I think bef right before the pandemic, you know, I was actually, I sort of put more time into my art um, the year leading up to the pandemic outside of my my job. Um, and whenever I had gotten, you know, the opportunity to do events in which I met other artists in Baltimore and in DC, um, it did so much for me and I, you know, felt so energized for it. And I think it is, um, it is really important to me because that is how you grow in terms of having people that you look up to and feel mentored by um, and feel supported by and vice versa. Um, I think that's, I wish I had a little bit more of that um, during this time. Um, and I'm trying to make that happen for myself, you know, virtually, if not, you know, not possible in person. So I, I think it's really important to be a part of a community and support each other especially in a time where, you know, you really need that mutual aid. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing that's even like missing sometimes. I think as far as we have this community here, I think sometimes and I have my own as an outsider, right? I'm not even emerging. I'm just an outside tangential. And uh, I think it's one of those things where it's it's a community, but also it's cliquish at the same time. And that's mm -hmm. a little bit of an issue because I, all I can say is I talk to everyone <laughs> and it's like, eh, I mean, there's a lot of tea that's spilled after this mic goes off. I'll say that much. It's like, huh, I've learned so much. Yeah. I guess it's always, you know, a downside of, of a small place or a small community. Um, I have not yet gotten to that point in Baltimore, but I'm still kind of growing and learning. Um, but I, I've seen that with small, with small places. Um, oh, we're going to corrupt you. We're going to make sure you know about all the tea. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, I look forward to it, kind of, even though it'll stress me out a little bit because um, drama stresses me out. But um, yeah, no, I, I think that that is, that sort of comes with it, unfortunately, you know, for better or for worse. And, you know, in, in the same way that families might be that way, you kind of love them, but you kind of have to deal with them too. I agree. So the last question I have, and I'm going to preface this by saying, it's almost like when you go to a restaurant and someone asks you, do you have any food allergies? Okay. Do you have any food allergies? Do I literally have any food allergies? Literally, before I actually, I had to preface it because the last few times I've asked this question, people are like, oh, I can't eat that. I'm like, okay. Um, no, I don't have any food allergies. All right. Who has the best crab cake? I feel really bad because I like seafood, but I haven't had enough seafood out in Baltimore. Um, all right. So I can't answer that question. So I, you know, I, sorry. Yeah. This, okay. I, I, I always have a backup. A true Baltimorean. We gotta, get, we gotta get you straight. I have one backup then. Okay. This, this one is usually the harder one. This is the real authentic Baltimore question. Okay. Let's do it. How do you do a chicken box? In terms of where do I get chicken from or what do I have in the box? What do you have in the box? Yes. What do you dress it with? Is it hot sauce, ketchup? Well, I mean, if, if I get Ekebent, I don't really need to do anything with it. They already come with their own sauce. But I've definitely, in times of desperation, I've I've gotten some really beautiful, beautiful Popeyes and I put some sriracha and pepper and chili powder on that because okay. I'm, I'm Indian. That, that's the best way to end that right there. That's the best way yes. to end that. <laughs> my, my, my partner would be very appreciative. <laughs> 
Um, so I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug your website, um, your, your social, any of that? Cause I like to give everyone an opportunity to shamelessly plug whatever they want to plug at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, anyone is welcome to follow me on Instagram at Nikita V Y art website, www.nikitayogaraj.com. Um, I think at this very moment, too, I just want to put in a plug, too, for um, some organizations that I'm volunteering with, um, the Joy's Free Store um, in Charles Village and Barclay and Able Mutual Aid and the Wiki Keep Us Safe Collective are currently doing a safety drive in which they have um, pulled in lots and lots of surprise supplies for um, Baltimore folks in need. Um, and so they're looking for donations. I'm giving out art prints, you know, in exchange for donations to them because they're doing really, really important work right now. So putting in a plug for that too. Well, thank you. Uh, and, and thank you for doing that as well. Uh, so for Nikita Yogaraj, I am Rob Lee, and there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>